Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we've got an interesting guy and he said he squashes teddy bears for a living. So that's going to be an interesting topic of conversation. But as usual, we'll see where it flows and just take it from there. Nice to have you here today. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's... uh didn't expect to be doing a, an interview right now, like uh, like to be on a podcast, but yeah, I guess so, guess this is it. So. so tell us about yourself. How did you get into the art of squashing teddy bears? Where did the idea come from and what motivates you? Oh, well, I've always been into art my whole life. My nan used to work in an art school, so I was always, always had art around me growing up. And when I was younger I, just, I i was just i was just generally always into art and like my my parents would always like get me into doing stuff and what kind of art so mostly like that sort of like pop art and, and stuff like there's an artist called stefan wiltshire that my nan uh, used to know um he's like a, i think i believe he's an autistic artist that can he goes up in like helicopters so you can see like whole cities and then he goes down and he can remember every single thing oh there's that black guy yeah him that's oh, stefan yeah, wiltshire yeah. that's him okay. yeah 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 oh, it's so, him on the news one yeah yeah he's a really cool guy um but i've always been into art essentially but when i was in my sort of like teenage years i sort of drifted away from just doing like standard sort of like drawing and landscaping yeah yeah that yeah that sort of thing and i went into doing graffiti for a bit and i did that for a good couple years with some friends and then it got to the point where i was not really scared but a lot of my friends got uh caught one of my friends got arrested and it got to the point where i was like do you know what you could have been banksy two or banksy number one isn't it oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> weirdly, Banksy's been doing stuff a lot longer than I've been alive. How old is he? Uh, he's like, I believe he's like 56. Yeah, Banksy sort of moves in in silence, essentially. If you get, if that's what you meant, like he's just sort of, he's a pretty difficult guy to get hold of, so that, um, and to work with and to talk with. And Have you met him before? I've no, I've met the fake Banksy. <laughs> So someone's going around calling themselves the fake Banksy. No, he he pays people to pretend to be him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's not a lot of people know that. He learns every day. Yeah, he's because he obviously a lot of people want to know who Banksy is. It's like one of I get. I personally think it's one of the world's biggest secrets, essentially. Like, who is Banksy? Like, he's known all around the world. So it's sort of like I think it's sort of a lot of people, people want to know who he is, Banksy. basically. Pardon? He pays people. To, to say that they're Banksy, yeah. So you went from graffiti, um, so were you just tagging or murals or what uh, were you doing? So a lot of the people I was with at the time was just doing like standard sort of writing their name on a wall. And I did do that for a bit, but then it sort of evolved into, um, it started a while back when I was waiting at a bus stop and this guy was having an argument on the phone and he turned around and said to someone, that he speak to on the phone. Like, she, this, whoever he was talking to must have given him an ultimatum. Because he turned around and said to us, like, I love you, but I love the dog more. <laughs> I like that. And I don't know what it was, like something in my head, I just burst out laughing. I was in a terrible mood at the time. And it, I just burst out laughing when I heard him say that, like, because he said it with like such, um, such please. strength in his voice. And, she, and, and I think I she- I love the dog. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> he, he just said it. He was like, he's like, he's like I've got to say, he's like, I love you, but I love the dog more. And it's just like, and I was like, fuck, like that, sorry, mama language. Um, um, and I was just like, that, I feel like I had to do something with that. So 
It's a bridge down in. There was a bridge down in Vauxhall. That, that could be put in a song. I love you. Yeah. I love the double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, um, but yeah, like. Um, you said it's down in Vauxhall. Yeah, so that's where I grew up. I'm from Stockwell originally. Oh, Started writing stuff I've ever heard people saying oh, on walls where I saw them. Like, heard, well, heard them say it. That's good. So, right. so, so you just write it in big letters. Yeah, yeah. I just write it like literally, like just in a one long line. You. So I love you, but I love the dog more. Yeah. And that one was only there for about a week, which was a bit annoying. But I wish I took photos of it. But it was at a time when I didn't have a camera phone because I. I didn't have the money. My family didn't really have the money for me to have a camera phone at the time. So um, I, never, I never really documented a lot of it. Um, the only time I've ever seen something that I've done from someone else, like from that sort of like time period, was in the background. There was like a Danny, Danny Dyer documentary about on gangs. And he's in like local park and you can see something I've done in the background. But that's the only thing <laughs> that... I can remember seeing from something, but... Would you want to be anonymous or famous? I was, to be honest, I was doing it for a bit of fun. And I guess that was sort of like the early start to me becoming a full-time artist. Um, that was almost maybe a triggering point in my life because I didn't know what I wanted to do growing up. I think I wanted to be a footballer when I was that age. Mm. But I used to do graffiti on the side. Like, it's great, great bit of cardio if you ever get chased by someone. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a bit of graffiti, yeah. is it? You're just leaving for dust, you know? They're not yeah. catching you. Um, no, I hear you saying, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to be a footballer at the times, but I guess maybe that was sort of a turning point in my life where I was like, this is potentially I want to do art. Because at the time as well, I was in college. I had this teacher called Ian Rogers. What college? Lambeth College in Clapham. Yeah, he just, I guess that guy sort of changed my ways of looking and changed my life. He basically said to me, he was like, look, like, this isn't just fun. You could be like a proper artist, basically. And it's sort of like, I don't know, like, it's weird to say, but I guess he's sort of like one of my heroes because he sort of changed my life, you know? It's like a big point in my life for me. Um, um, with, with Ian but yeah like from that sort of moment I went on and I was like do you know what yeah I'm going to go to uni and do art I don't know what the hell sort of art I want to do I want to do some art so you was doing art in college yeah so I because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school so I was like I'll do art well because I can still play football so um, and in the air I just sort of got really into art and then yeah here I am now I guess it sort of spiraled I worked for a gallery for after I left uni because I went to Croydon School of Art um for three years, and then I... I take it you graduated? Yeah, yeah, graduated, done my three years, got my little certificate, wore my little square hat. Yeah, and I was I, I worked for an art gallery called Pure Evil Gallery, which is in Shoreditch, yeah. near Old Street Station, and um, I worked there for five years. So, because um, Pure Evil, he's like a street artist. He was anonymous for years. And Pure Evil, that's his name? Yeah, he calls himself Pure Evil. His, name, his real name's Charlie. Like, you can find that on Google though. It's not like a, yeah. a secret. What kind of artwork does he yeah. do? He does like pop art. So he does like paintings a bit like Andy Warhol. Right. But he like... Um, For me and the listeners who are not up to speed and turn, yeah. when you say pop art, what is that? Artwork that revolves around popular culture. Oh, so like, oh, so like, like Marilyn Monroe and oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah films just that sort of thing so he did a lot of portraits of celebrities and stuff and he's worked with people he's done he's done a lot of stuff all over the world and i guess he sort of pushed me i, I got really comfortable in the job i was at because i made like pretty good money for what i was doing and i was his assistant for years and he said he wants more of you it, well he, he, at one point the turning point for me was when i left was i slipped down the stairs there years ago and i was walking around with like a smashed up ankle for two years so i had to have time off work after a while because they was like oh like after i had an mri and i was like now your ankles are like smashed in like eight places and I was just like, 
Mm. Oh, that explains why it hurts when I walk. So I had to have six, no, it was eight weeks off I had to have to recover. But during that time, I, I don't know, just something in me was just like, I don't want to work at this gallery forever. Mm. I want to be a proper artist. And then when I told him, he was just like, I don't know why you haven't left sooner. Because at the time I was selling work in his gallery. Mm. And so um, he could see your potential. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I'm not going to lie, like, it was probably one of the saddest moments of my life, like, leaving that gallery. Like, like I loved the guy. Like he was like one of my best friends, you know. Like working for him. It's not. Not. It's not often you can say that your boss was. Yeah, someone. Your friends, you know. Like. Um, you get that in professions of passion. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know I mean? Like if you look at boxers, Mike Tyson and the Italian, the old Italian guy. Yeah. His father figure. Yeah. Yeah. You know those things. Normal everyday jobs. So, so you left that company. You, yeah. You started to do your own thing. Yeah, so I started um, just before the pandemic. I just I was like, you know what? Everyone seems to love me squashing teddy bears, so I started squashing teddy bears, all different shapes and sizes, different characters: Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Pikachu, um, just any anything, anything with a cute face could get squashed, really. Okay, so uh, where your stuff is? Are you on Instagram website? Yeah, so my Instagram is uh, Reese Marcus Brown, R H Y S, like Reese spelled like that. The Welsh way, even though I'm not Welsh, uh, my parents were just being awkward. Reese Marcus Brown, R H Y S M A R C U S B R O W N, and you'll see that on there. People can have a look. So yeah, because it's a bit of a weird one to squash teddy bears. So what? Where did yeah. you get this idea to squash teddy bears? Well, do you it's... have a favourite teddy bear, and you just thought? Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that simple, but it literally become. I started. I'd squash my very first teddy bear in college because I hated scratching into metal. We had to do like etching, which is like we scratch into metal and then you like roll ink on it and then squash it onto paper and I really didn't I hate the feeling of it it made me like feel like shivers go down my body yeah. and I was like well, when the teacher went home bigger. yeah 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 exactly yeah. like that and I was like and then when when my the teacher went home I was like Do you know what yeah I'm not bloody continuing this I grabbed a teddy bear squashed it and put it through an old printing press printing press that's like 300 years old that I should have been a lot more careful with I didn't break it <laughs> But um, I could have broke the thing with the teddy bear's eyes Ice, and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. like but, the marbles or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like this like weird plastic glass, like. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like and it sort of just happened from that, and it sort of was was born from that. And I just put them aside for years. Then I put them in the gallery where I was working at, and then we sold the whole lot within a day. And I was like, Really? How what the hell? How much did you sell? What you so you printing on canvas? Uh, these ones were on paper to start, so I do both paper and canvas. But the okay. the ones I done was on paper, and they. Yeah, we sold them for 150 quid and I sold like all Each. six of them in a day. Yeah, yeah. So, really? yeah, and then I was just like, wow. And then we had people ask, I had people messaging me saying, can you do me one in pink? Can you do me one in black? Yeah, because they're all going to be unique, even if it's yeah, the yeah. same teddy bear. Yeah, exactly, because the, the positioning of them, like the way their face is, the angling, it all sort of... Have you, have you thought about, I don't know if you've done it already, reaching out to the far east for their kind of market because those you know those guys love those kind of things yeah so, so this is the thing i've been working a lot with people in like taiwan yeah. uh, japan currently just sold my first painting in china the other day so which is quite a big one to break the chinese market so i was quite happy yeah, with that cool. it's quite so that's like yeah so it, they, they do really well out there most uh, believe it or not most of my sales actually go to japan right. and, and america like i haven't really had much in the uk recently but 
a lot to America and Japan. Kind of nice, the idea that I've got had got work all over the world. Like, I think the, the place where I never expected to send something to was someone like Zimbabwe, because like, I never thought I'd end up, like, I was obviously extremely happy to send something mm. to there. But it's like, at that point, when I saw that I sold something to someone in Zimbabwe, I was like, who the hell saw me in Zimbabwe, you know? The internet makes the world a small place, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I was just like, do you know what? <laughs> and I sort of loved it as well, because that's where my teacher was from. The one the one that I said that sort of changed my life. Like, yeah, he's boasting about you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe it's something to do with him. I questioned if it was something to do with him. But yeah, th that, that teacher, Ian, he's he's such a character. He's like, he's like this, like, he's like a bald guy with like a glass eye. And he lost his eye going into a fire to save one of his paintings. And one of the ashes from his paintings went in his eye. How how much is that like you're in pain for That's your art? Like dedication, that man. is like a real artist like right there, you know? Van Gogh like Yeah, like even yeah, like Van Gogh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he didn't know it's gonna happen, but Yeah, yeah. He, he fun used... fact, Van Gogh didn't chop his ear off. Someone else cut his ear off. Yeah. So yeah, he got he got yeah, uh, in a knife fight. No no no, so, because he got literally bullied because people saw him as like this crazy guy because he was a bit he suffered from like like yeah he had schizophrenia and he had like other mental problems because he used to lick his paintbrushes that had lead in them so it turned him a bit crazy and but yeah yeah to, ma to make the sharper points and it made him go a bit a bit loco and he essentially got lead poisoning and people used to take the like get angry with him and like beat him up and stuff and like pin him down and cut his ear off that's what someone done like they cut his ear off that's mm -hmm. that's what they go from the way the ear was cut someone said the way it was it didn't look like he could done it himself, it himself because when yeah. you're Holding life like that, or holding it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's oh, the angling of the blade on the back, of, like the way it was, like the they could tell that someone else done it. So well, um, there was a, there was, sorry, there was a couple of questions I was going to ask you. One was how how on earth do you manage to afford living squashing teddy bears? But you've answered that question. Yeah, I just missed it. Missus is just sitting there and saying, "I'm okay." Nowhere. Um, um, the other, the other one is explain the process without obviously giving away your top secrets of how this whole teddy bear printing works. So I use, rather than just using like a standard paint, um, which a lot of people assume it is, I use block printing, which is a lot stickier mm -hmm. and you can apply a lot thinner on it. I use, I don't mind just completely saying it because if people want to do it, they can. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of copycats out there, but I don't mind. If it makes them money, good for them, but um, good on them. But. I literally roll the ink very, very thinly on top of the bears because I've said they don't come out as blobs. Mm -hmm. So it catches all the detail of the fur. And uh, that's how I do it. And it, it, some of the bears I've done are like over a metre tall. Um, so they they was really hard to do. I literally have to like almost like hold. And you're doing this on canvas, not t-shirts? No, not on t-shirts, on canvas. Like, like and then I'll, after stretch oh. the canvases after, yeah. My mistake, because I assumed it was t-shirts. No, no. That, you know, people would wear. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? But like a one side of the teddy bear on the front of the t-shirt and the other side on the back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something you could do. I've, I've, I've done one, I've got one t-shirt I've done, uh, done for myself. I was going to give them away to people and they bought my stuff, but I, it's so weird because I started doing this when, just before the pandemic happened mm. and I left, I, I decided to go full-time artist at the worst time possible, I guess. Why? Because it, a lot of sales went down because of people wasn't buying art at the start of the pandemic. Like, I felt like it, it was really hard. It's like diamond stuff on the oh, bears. I, I, they look really shiny and pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I cross, I cross, uh, I put like cross glass on top, on top of some of them. So they look like they're like sparkling and- um, Very creative. Yeah, they're pretty, some of those are pretty, um, you gotta be careful with them because when the, the sort of glass sticks to the canvas, you move, move quick, it like slices up your arm. Yeah, and also your so, client. You've got to explain to your client. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, like, I put, like, a, something on it so it sort of like, sticks it down really, like, well. 
Like a wax membrane or something? It's like a like a fixative I spray over the top of it. It's almost like almost binds it. It's like a very thin layer of resin. But will it cut the, the client if someone brushes against it? Well, they shouldn't be touching the, <laughs> the edge of artwork on the front. So. <laughs> but, um, but I have said to people, like, be very careful with them. And give a warning kind of yeah, piece yeah. of paper. Yeah, because sometimes like if there's like some spilt on the floor in my studio, like I'll kneel down and I'm like, oh, well, I've got lots of little holes in my knee. Because um, it's tiny, like, it's almost yeah. like, it's bigger than like sugar like the, the shards of glass but like yeah it's not it's not really nice sometimes you get stuck in your knee and you're like there's like little i have lots of little dots all over my legs sometimes where i've like laid down and okay. got a glass for me but but yeah. yeah it's a bit of a weird one to talk about but um well being a having the lovely lady the wife as a corporate lawyer you'll go far uh yeah she'll tick all the look at this, the way she's looking at you <laughs> she'll just tick all the right boxes make sure everything's in place and away you go yeah um, so how did you two meet uh Tinder. yeah we met on tinder um, we're not married we're not just married yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we've only just started sort of seeing each other like literally like <laughs> i just i just want i guess i just the message i sort of want to put to the world is that there's always there's always that little bit of you like always be the version of yourself that the younger version of you would have loved and make the younger version of yourself proud i guess i sort of try to remind people when they're younger to give them the, to show them like how far they've come in their lives like to some people they feel like they might not have done much in their lives but it's like if you think of everything you've overcome in your life from when you was younger to what you've done today you've done a lot even if to you it doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. much but if you sat down and wrote down every single positive impact you've had on your life and other people's lives, mm-hmm. you'd realise how much of a difference you've made. Well, thanks a lot for that. Yeah. And we wish you well. Cheers, mate. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a unique experience. <laughs> we hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.